0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So if you have been with us the past couple weeks, you know that we are doing a series on sacred frames. We're featuring um, clips from different films. And as the mom of a toddler, I don't watch that many um, deep, interesting films anymore. I watch a lot of animation and so um, what I've realized is that a lot of times the movies that my son Jet is watching have deep lessons that I need also. And the first short film we're going to watch is Float. It's about six minutes, you may have seen it. I think that video is so relatable for a number of reasons. One, I can relate to chasing my son around the house. It feels like an Olympic sport, just getting him dressed. I can relate to the phrase, why can't you just be normal? I often say that to myself. Uh, This past weekend at the women's retreat, I was on a panel and apparently I was the only panelist that didn't realize we got the questions beforehand. And in that moment, I'm like, why can't you just be normal? Maybe you say it about a parent, about a spouse, about a child, a sibling, a relative. Why can't you just be normal when we know there is really no such thing as normal? I see myself in the dad in ways that I don't always like. Um, My son had one of those faux hawk mullets that are in. Mullets are back, you guys. I say you guys, because I'm from Wisconsin. Y'all, mullets are back, y'all. And I decided to take him to the barber and I had this vision in my head. I said, why don't you shave his head and put some stripes on the side and maybe a line in the front. And um, the barber did exactly what I asked. And when it was done, I thought, what did I just do? And I drove my child home and he walked in the door and my husband was like, oh, wow, what happened? And I said, I told—I actually asked for this exact haircut. I just didn't know it would look like this. And my son loves to wear hats. So I thought, perfect, he'll just wear a hat for three months. And I realized that every time we went out in public, I'd chase him down and almost make him wear a hat. I bought new hats. I thought, you know what, you are gonna be a hat kid for about three months, we can do this. And kids are smart, and he could feel that I needed him to wear a hat. So he'd throw his hat on the floor and he'd said, I don't wear hats anymore, mommy. And I realized in his anger and frustration towards me that this was about me, not him. There's, there's something inside of me that thinks he needs to look a certain way to be accepted. And what I've learned in parenting is that if you don't heal yourself, you pass it down to your kids. And sometimes that's the hardest part. And it reminded me of in college I was a walk-on Um, for the University of Wisconsin women's basketball team. And um, we would have lifting at like 6 a.m. And my teammates would always make fun of me because I'd show up in the weight room at 555, well, 559 if you know me, 559 a.m. My dorm was right across the street so I was always in a hurry and could get there right on time. But they would say, Erica, Why are you wearing mascara? It is 6 a.m. and you are gonna sweat. Nobody else on this team is wearing makeup. But there's something inside of me that feels like I need to look a certain way. Even at 6 a.m. with a team of girls I know like sisters. So this this thing I do to Jet is really about me and it's about doing my own work. And I don't think um, it's that big of a deal that I wear mascara, but it's something to think about. Am I okay if I don't have this? And the problem with uh, listening to our parents or authority figures growing up is that we don't know that that's not always the truth. We believe lies about ourselves. Maybe you were told that there was something about you that wasn't okay, that wasn't normal. Maybe a major part of your identity you had to hide. And what I want to tell you today is that although that may have came from a caregiver or an authority figure, that did not come from God. And when we're young, we don't know that difference. I believe being up here, that it's a mystical process and that the Holy Spirit, I hope and pray, is present in the words I say today. But I don't think it's any more present in me than it is in anyone else here. We all have access to the words of God, but we do not speak for God. Only Jesus can do that. John 12, 49 reads, Because I am not speaking of my own volition and from my own authority, the Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and speak. I know his command is eternal life, so every word I utter originates from him. Jesus is the only one who every word he utters originates from him. So I wonder, Ecclesia, what have you been told in your childhood, in your life, in your present day, that you believe that is a lie about who you are? There's this metaphor that um, Rumi has. And um, he, he wrote, Truth was a mirror in the hands of God. It fell and broke into pieces. Everybody took a piece of it and they looked at it and they thought that they had the truth. I love this metaphor because I think um, in some ways it's true if if God is this giant mirror and it shatters and you find a piece and you say, this is God, you're not wrong, but you have an incomplete story. And in fact, the piece of the mirror that you're holding will have some of you reflected in it, which is not 100% God. It's made in the image of God, but it's not a complete picture of who God is. David Hayward has a comic that illustrates the anecdote to this metaphor, and it says when Jesus looks in the mirror, he sees himself reflected in all of us, and all of us reflected in himself. We don't see that when we look in the mirror. We're myopic to our own unique experiences and image. And there's this simple little phrase that I was reminded of um, this past week by an educator and activist, Brittany Hawthorne. She said, Alone we know a little, together we know a lot. And I think it's the perfect phrase for this metaphor. What happens in church is we all have this idea of who God is and we come together with our little mirrors and put them together like a puzzle and God we learn in community is expanded in much beyond what we could imagine in isolation. Part of what it means to be Christian is to live in community because without it we don't have access to the bigger picture of God in that metaphor from Rumi. The second short that we're gonna watch, we're only gonna watch about a minute and 15 seconds of it. So I'm gonna uh, tell you about um, where we enter the scene. And it's a short uh, film called 20-something. And this woman just turned 21, and she feels like she's supposed to go to the bar. Because that, that's what you do when you turn 21. And she doesn't really feel like a woman yet, but she doesn't feel like a child. She's kind of stuck in this weird age, and she goes to a bar, and she doesn't know how to order drinks. These guys come up and start talking to her and kind of hitting on her, and she feels really uncomfortable. So she runs to the bathroom, and in the bathroom, out of her trench coat, falls a baby, her 10-year-old self, in her 16-year-old self, and it's this metaphor that um, when we have big feelings, a lot of times it's not about the moment, but it's about a collection of childhood experiences within us that trigger us in different ways. And so we enter the scene where she's on the bathroom floor, her three different selves are present, and her friend is giving her a pep talk. I love that metaphor because it's this idea that a lot of times our reactions come from old versions of ourselves. Sometimes we, re- we react in childish ways. It also reminds me not to take things personally. There was this challenge online to take nothing personally for a week. I think I lasted two days. But um, a lot of times if people have a big reaction to you, or, or there's um, an inappropriate response or email or something you get, it, it likely has nothing to do with you. People are complicated. They're living with their baby self, their 10 year old self, their 16 year old self. You don't know why someone reacts a certain way. I have to remember this when somebody texts me no period or okay period. I'll be like, why do you hate me? No emojis. What did I do? It also makes me wonder, uh, what ways do I need to grow up a little? Now, we all have some growing up to do in some area. One for me uh, that I need to get honest about is my Amazon purchasing. Like, it has just gotten so easy. I never used Amazon before the pandemic, and now it's like, I need Q-tips, Amazon. I need, I see something I want, oh, I'll just buy it on Amazon. And it gets to the point where um, when we go on a mini vacation, my neighbors will be like, do you want me to clean up your doorstep or? I need to grow up a little. I I don't need to buy impulsively. Another area that um, I have had to grow up in is I remember when I was pregnant with Jet, I passed the gestational diabetes test and so I thought um, I could just have donuts the rest of my pregnancy for a breakfast every morning. And about two weeks in, my husband was like, Another, where are you getting these? Not Amazon. Um, and I realized after a couple of weeks, I actually don't feel that good. I actually feel better when I have like a real healthy breakfast. And it was kind of childish, I I blamed it on pregnancy cravings, but really I think we would all just prefer donuts. (laughs) My son would say yes to an ice cream sandwich every day for breakfast. But I had to grow up a little and say, no, get up, make yourself an egg, put it on some toast, slice some avocado, you're going to feel better. Maybe you need to grow up in finances, in relationships, in how you talk to your mom or dad and how you gossip about siblings or coworkers or friends. We all have areas we need to grow up in. 1 Corinthians 13.11 reads, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. However, there's also areas of our childlike existence that we want to preserve. Mandy Smith, in her book, Unfettered, she says, there's a difference between being childish and childlike. And Jesus encourages us to be childlike and to have a childlike faith. Matthew 18, verses one through five, Jesus says, around the same time, the disciples came to Jesus and questioned him about the kingdom of heaven. A disciple asked, in the kingdom of heaven, who is the greatest? Jesus called over a little child. He put his hand on top of the child's head. This is the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. In that kingdom, the most humble, who are the most like the child, are the greatest. And whoever welcomes a child welcomes her in my name, welcomes me. I think Jesus is the ultimate metaphor for being a child. There's a reason we don't call Jesus the Father. We call him the Son. We, we don't call ourselves mothers and fathers in Christ. We use the words brothers and sisters. And I believe Jesus is the Son because it's a metaphor for the reality that even Jesus relies on God. Just as a child is dependent on adult figures, we are children of God, like, like children, dependent on a holy father that is ultimately in control. But it's not fun to be dependent. It feels better to be in control, to think that we are God ourselves. So I'd embrace you, uh, invite you this weekend to embrace a childlikeness. And something you do this week. Maybe it's dancing to My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard. Maybe it's tracing your body with chalk in the driveway. Maybe it's taking a nap. Maybe it's playing hopscotch. I don't know what reminds you of being a kid, but I would invite you to embrace a childlike posture towards not just our faith, but our life as well. Making room for play and imagination. I've never had two roomy quotes in one sermon, but this quote was too perfect not to include. I think it summarizes uh, both videos. He wrote, you were born with greatness. You were born with wings. You are not meant for crawling, so don't. You have wings. Learn to use them and fly. Ecclesia, what would it be like for us to fly this year? Just as that little boy when his dad finally let him fly and be himself, and when his dad finally loved him for who he was, he was able to enjoy his father, the playground, the world. What would it be like for you to give yourself permission to be who you are? To not let those negative voices that you heard. He's a fly, sorry. Um, not let those negative voices that you heard as a child bog you down. Or, or even worse, mistake those voices for God himself. But to know that you are a child of God. And that when Jesus looks in a mirror, he doesn't see himself. He sees you made in his image. Somebody who is good. And what would it look like if we brought all of our mirrors together today, next Sunday, to our workplaces, and said, this is who I think God is, but I'm open to reimagining a bigger puzzle of what God can look like in this expansive kingdom of love. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.